Well, welcome back to the devotionals with Dave, I guess. I think that's what we're calling it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to come up with a name. <laughs> um, we, we're back. The, the, the last episode, we kind of, you just broke the ice on dealing with uh, adversity and what God uses it for or, or testing, as you uh, clarified in the last episode. Um, you're going to break down four points of this. Adversity is God's way of getting our attention. Adversity is our assurance of his love. Adversity is God's call to self-examination. And adversity is God's way of conquering our pride. Well, on today's episode, um, you're, we're going to get into God's way of getting our attention. So how in the world does God use adversity to get our attention? Well, that's a great question, uh, Craig. And uh, I think that uh, we'll find out uh, that uh, he has some pretty stiff competition in getting our attention. Uh, and sometimes it takes something very, very unsettling for us to recognize that we need him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, uh, when I began to think about adversity being God's way of getting our attention, uh, I was struck by uh, something that I read in in uh, Matthew's gospel. Uh, Jesus was telling the parable of the sower, and uh, there was a particular phrase that stood out to me. And let me just, if I may, read a little bit from Matthew 13, verses 18 through 23, where Jesus is explaining to his disciples uh, what the parable of the sower was all about. In verse 18, he says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. And I'm reading from the NIV. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the word that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. The phrase that that really struck me is the one who uh, hears the word, but the worries of this life, or as another translation says, uh, the cares of this world uh, stifle it. And he begins to worry and, and be overcome by that. And as a result, the word doesn't produce good results in his life. Now, as I look at this parable, I understand that the word is is sown. It's just broadcast out there. Mm. Uh, it's it's not uh, uh, injected or anything. It it is just broadcast, and the soil quality is is different in each circumstance. But the one who is overwhelmed by the cares of this world. Uh, 
faces some of the stiffest competition uh, for God's attention in their life. God, God would desire our time. God would desire uh, our, our life to be given to him. But if we're occupied with the concerns and cares of life, uh, then it's hard for us to give God our wholehearted devotion. So how important are, to the Christian, are current events? I think that the current events are very important. Uh, we, uh, we live in a world that is, is fallen. Uh, we see around us on a continual basis uh, the fruit of uh, the fallenness of, of the world. Um, as, as I heard the other day, uh, someone, someone said, the thing that we are missing more than anything in this, this world right now is truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've abandoned truth, uh, and uh, everybody has their own truth. Well, it's a sliding scale now. It, it's a sliding scale. What's true for you mm-hmm. isn't true for me. Uh, I believe as a Christian we have a different concept. Uh, we do have truth, and Christ is truth. And, and we hold on to his truth. It, it is to us an anchor uh, for our life. It's, it's a moral compass uh, for our living. Uh, but uh, in the world, with all the uncertainty that is out there, we need to have that. We, we need to be, as Jesus said, we need to be wise as serpents <laughs> as we live in this world, yeah. you know, and... Uh, we we shouldn't be naive. We we should be well versed in what's going on in society, the trends of society. Uh, even the uh, we need to be well versed in the philosophies of the day because they are many times competing mm-hmm. with the the philosophy of of uh, what we learn in Scripture. In verse twenty two, you know, it talks about uh, you know the seed falling among the thorns referring to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life. And this part stands out to me, the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word. Expand on that a little bit. Well, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to pass (laughs) through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go uh, into the kingdom. Uh, Now, what what that is simply saying is that uh, their dependency is upon their wealth. Mm. In fact... Uh, think with me, if you will, uh, in, uh, and I'm walking over to the book of <laughs> Revelation now, and, and Jesus rebuked the church at Laodicea because they said, we are rich and we lack nothing. Mm. And he said, you don't realize that you are poor, naked, wretched, and blind. Mm. Uh, and uh, buy for yourself, uh, I salve, so to speak, <laughs> so, so you can see. Yeah. Uh, wealth is deceitful. Uh, it it gives us a false, a sense, false of sense of security, security. yeah. Uh, because the wealth of this world can go away in a heartbeat. Well, it is 2020, and it, <laughs> I mean that just that that happened in a lot a lot of instances, a lot of states, a lot of communities. Yes, that did happen. All of a sudden, they were commanded, told to stay home, um, and not to work. Well, if that has been the thing that's that's held you up, is having that security in that, then absolutely I can see that being a huge problem. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you've heard uh, the financial experts say that uh, many in our in America today are, are just one or two paychecks away from financial yeah. ruin. And when people are told to stay home and they're not working, all of a sudden they don't have any income to pay their rent. Uh, they don't have any income to uh, service their debt load. Mm. And, and they're in a world of hurt. And so uh, the wealth of the world does become a great hindrance to the, the word and the growth of the word because wealth speaks of security, self-security. Mm-hmm. The word calls us to, the word faith calls us to simple trust in the Lord. Some people would call it insecurity. I don't see it as insecurity. Yeah, uh, a great trust. Um, going to what the Apostle Paul said to uh, the church, at, uh, uh, the church at Philippi, hmm. uh, he said uh, to them that my God will supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. Uh, and we know that God is is uh, faithful to supply the needs of His people. Now, uh, sometimes. Uh, we monetize that, and we think that the the blessing of the Lord only comes in financial terms, and we right. we measure it one, two, three, four, five, six dollar signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so, but He will supply our needs. Um, one of the beautiful promises that I find in Scripture that that encourages me, even in the face of of the hardship, and and I realize that there are. There are folks that may be listening to this that are really in a hard place today. And some of these biblical truths that, that we stand on and have, have based our faith on, uh, they're wondering, okay, when's that going to happen for me? Because I'm in a world of hurt right now. But I'm reminded King David in Psalm 37 said, you know, once I was young, now I'm old. But this one thing I know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed of the righteous begging for bread. And God is our, our provider. God provided for his children and their journeys through the wilderness. I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to take care of us today. And uh, I encourage you in that. But the cares of, of this life folly of wealth mm. uh, can be stiff competition for God's attention uh, or our attention to him right. and uh, our reliance upon him uh, for help. Uh, another thing that I've discovered, especially uh, in this season, is that in order for many people to be faithful to the Lord or even to give God any time, it needs to be a matter of convenience oh, to man. them. <laughs> you know, uh, God is uh, kind of on the back burner in, in a lot of lives mm-hmm. today. Uh, we know he's there and uh, it, it's on a, a, a low simmer, uh, but uh, he's not foremost in our life. Uh, one of the, the powerful passages of Scripture uh, that I came across uh, in my reading was in Jeremiah chapter 35, where the Lord is rebuking the children of Israel through the prophet. And uh, verses 13 through 15 are 
where I'm at. I'm just drawing a phrase out of there. He says, I have spoken to you again and again, yet you have not obeyed me. Ouch. You know what, oh, <laughs> you know what I thought when I read that? I, I, I thought as uh, a child growing up and those seasons of, <laughs> of uh, what I'm going to call adversity with my father, uh, when uh, he would take me in for some uh, well-deserved discipline, and he would ask this question, how many times do I have mm. to tell you, David, no, or don't do that, and you continue to ignore me? And isn't that what we do with yeah. the Lord? He speaks to us. He makes his will known to us time and time and time again, but we, we say no. <laughs> well, I, I also think of as a father, when my boys, who are now fathers themselves, but uh, when they were young and I had to have those uh, parental conversations mm-hmm. with them, <laughs> Uh, those special bonding moments, um, I would ask them the same question. How many times do I have to tell you this? Mm. And I'll never forget my oldest son uh, one day apparently had an epiphany (laughs) because he looked at me and with uh, great solemnity in his his facial expression, he says, just once, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Just once, and and that became the standard answer. Then every time we had to revisit, how many times do I have to tell you? Uh, But we laugh at that. But seriously, the Lord, time and time again, Mm -hmm. has to deal with us. And adversity sometimes is the very thing that God uses to grab our attention all of a sudden, our self-reliance goes out the window, right. and we realize that we have moved into an area that we can't handle it. Mm-hmm. We are in way over our head, yeah. and, and we need his help. Uh, I, I love what it says in Psalm 25, verse 2. He says, Lord, to you I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame or let my enemies triumph over me. And God is faithful when the adversity comes mm-hmm. to hear our cry. When, when, and that's, that's the natural response when we find ourselves uh, in, in over our heads to say, O oh God, help me. Mm. Sadly, that's sometimes the only time some folks call out to him. But, you know, I I want to encourage you with this thought today. When we do find ourselves in over our head, when we're struggling or when adversity would overwhelm us, the Lord doesn't say, listen, I called and I called and you didn't listen to me, so tough luck. I hope it works out for you. Uh, But he's gracious. When things get worse than we ever imagined they could be and we don't know what to do, 
I would just encourage you with this wonderful scripture. Again, the words of Jesus, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we get to the end of our rope, that's when God can do his best work. Mm, and, and we need to hold on to that. Um, but what what is God's ultimate purpose in getting our attention anyway? Why does he, he even bother with us? I believe... Uh, it's it's very simply expressed by the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome. When we find ourselves in adverse circumstances, God will even work through the adversity for our good mm. and for our benefit. What we are going through today in 2020 is going to bring good ultimately. We may not see it now. And and quite frankly, we may sit and scratch our head and say, God, I have no clue yeah. what you're doing here. But but the scriptures declare we know that in all things, all things underscore that God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. Adversity can be our greatest motivation for spiritual growth. It can be our greatest means of discouragement. What we do with it is what's important. The difference depends on our understanding of God's purpose in the adversity Mm. that comes into our life. Wow. That's good. That's encouraging. Just knowing that that uh, there is hope, and yeah, we may have this this trial going on, but God will use it for good. Yes, and that that is a promise we have. Excellent. <clears throat> well, thank you for breaking that out for us a little bit. Like how God uses adversity um, to wake us up. Sometimes we need a little smack on the head. Yeah, he does. He does smack us from time to time. A gentle nudge. Absolutely. Yes, yes. An elbow to the rib. That's right. Well, thank you so much for listening uh, this week. Don't forget, uh, next week, we're going deeper uh, so we can understand uh, that adversity is our assurance of God's love for us. So come back next time. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Thank you.